Hello, friends. Welcome to Read Them and Weep. It me, your host, Sammy. Didn't do an episode last week. My apologies. I had to take a somewhat unexpected trip out of town, but I'm back and we're back. And today's episode is kicking it back to a themed episode. And the theme of this episode is going to be folding big hands. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you probably have picked up on the fact that I'm not big on folding big hands. Uh, I definitely lean more toward the payoff wizard end of the spectrum. But I feel like in live poker, there are some spots where when people just always have it, you can make some big folds. And I've actually run into a number of these spots in the last couple of sessions and made some big folds. So we'll talk about those on this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. All right, hand one. This hand comes from 235 at the California Grand Casino. In fact, all of today's hands come from the 235 at the California Grand Casino. So let's get into it. In hand one, under the gun opens to 15. A loose aggressive in early position calls. This OMC lady, this old man coffee lady who basically peddles the nuts, she calls in late position, and I'm on the button with queen four of clubs. This is a hand that I would rarely play from any position, but on the button, multi-way, let's go. Uh, We're getting in there. Again, on the button, we want to really have a lot of different hands. We're super incentivized to play a wide range because we have ultimate position on everybody. The button's where we get to open it up and and really play some junk, and queen four suited certainly falls into that. So I call the 15, and both the blinds call, and we end up going six ways to a flop, of king, queen, queen. We flop trips with our queen four suited. Hot damn. Even better news, everybody checks to me. And with about 90 bucks in the pot, I bet 50. And I go about half pot. I obviously want to get value from any king X that's out there. And I want to charge any straight draws that wrap around this king, queen, queen flop. So I bet 50 and I get two callers. The loose aggressive that called the 15 in early position. He calls my 50. And then the OMC really tight lady also check calls the 50. So that's really interesting. She is going to have a really tight range. Sometimes she's got a straight draw like Jack 10. Sometimes she has a king and sometimes she has a queen, but she's definitely not messing around. So I keep it in the back of my mind. Okay. You need to be a little careful moving forward. The turn comes a six. So flop, king, queen, queen, and turn six, we have queen four. Both players checked me again on the turn, and I think it's really close. I think betting here is obviously standard. We have trips, and we often have the best hand. But in this specific instance, I actually decide to check. And my thought process for this check was that, number one, I need to be concerned about the OMC lady. She could certainly be trapping with a better queen than I have. But the other part is, I'm not sure how much betting against her is good because she's not going to call multiple bets with just a king, right? She would usually fold that out to a second barrel. So I don't know that I really get that much value. Certainly if she has specifically the Jack 10 straight draw, I might be able to get some value, but uh, we're getting a little thin here with this lady. The other thing is that obviously if I check back, I'm going to give the loose aggressive in early position a free card to hit whatever bullshit ass draw that he's got. But the other thing is if I check and he misses his draw, I think he'll bluff at it quite a bit. So with those two things in mind, I actually decide to check back the turn. 
and the river comes in offsuit 10. So king, queen, queen on the flop, offsuit six, offsuit 10, and now the loose aggressive bombs 180 into the $240 pot. So pretty big bet. Obviously, I'm going to call this guy like he, he's a loose aggressive. Certainly the, the 10 filled the ace jack straight, but I just can't let this guy bluff like he he's he's a huge over bluffer. So I'm not going to fold a big hand to him. But then the OMC lady counts out 180 and she puts it in. And I just muck the hand. I muck it so fast. I don't even think about it. Why? Because I've played with this lady. I actually played with her just this session and, and a session before. And when you have an OMC putting money into the pot, yo, they have a good hand. I think that she would be folding any king here. So when she calls the 180, I think it's just pretty obvious she has a queen. And my kicker is not very good. Obviously, the four doesn't play because it's three queens, a king, and a 10. But if he, she has something like ace queen or queen jack, I'm dust and otherwise I'm just drawing for a chop. And then sometimes certainly the loose aggressive who bet out the 180 has this beat too. So I just fold the hand and I fold it real quick. I don't even think about it. The loose aggressive turns over ace jack and he wins with the straight and the OMC lady fires her cards into the muck in frustration. Clearly she had a queen. So yeah, so I'm proud of this fold. I mean, certainly you know, I, I could have bet the turn and it would have gotten rid of the guy with ace jack, but then I'm against the lady with the queen. And I think I kind of thought through the player's ranges in this multi-way spot pretty well. And in the end, you know, I, I got away from flop trips and that feels pretty good. So congratulations to me. Yeah. Obama putting a medal on himself. Dot meme. Good job, Sammy. Getting away from a big hand. Awesome. Okay. That's hand one. Let's get on to hand two. All right, hand two, two, three, five at the California Grand Casino. We're playing this hand with a straddle. So two, three, five, 10, two players in early position, limp for 10, LOL live poker. I look down at my hand in middle position and I have two red ladies. I raise it to 50. It gets to the big blind, the semi-regular. He doesn't play as much as he used to, but I see him here and there and he calls the 50. The straddle calls the 50. And both limpers call the 50. Not exactly ideal for two red queens. We go five ways to a flop. And the flop comes 10-9-5 with the top two cards clubs. 10-9-5 with two clubs. I have two red queens. Everybody checks to me. There's about 250 in the pot. It's a really dynamic draw heavy board. Certainly I want to bet here. In an extreme multi-way scenario, I don't want to bet too large, but certainly... Uh, there's going to be a lot of hands that I can get value from. A lot of 10x, some 9x, some flush draws, ETC, ETC. I bet 120 into 250, a little less than half pot. And now the big blind, the semi-regular, he check raises to 325. By the way, we both started this hand about 1.5k effective. So I bet 120 into a pot of 250 on 10.95 with two clubs. I've read queens. And he check raises me to 325. The other three players fold. It gets back to me. And I just fold the hand. I just fold the queens. I show him the queens. And he is dumbfounded. And he goes, 
I, I, I don't understand what just happened. And I just shrugged. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I just felt like either you had me beat or you had a big draw. And he's like, yeah, well, I had, I had a big draw. And I'm like, nice hand, man. Really, really well played. So I really like this fold. It's not very often that you are ever going to want to fold an overpair to like a single check raise. That's just super exploitable, not something you should do in general. But in this specific spot, I just thought it was right. And the reason is, is because he's check raising into three other players, right? The fact that all those players check doesn't really mean that they don't have good hands because I was the original raiser. Everyone's going to naturally check to me. So when he puts in a big check raise on like a board like this, he's almost got to have a really good hand. And when he has a good hand, he either has a hand that beats me, right? It's 10, nine, five with two clubs. He either has something like pocket tens, pocket nines, pocket fives, uh, 10, nine suited. These kinds of hands that he would cold call a five X raise with from the big blind, or he's got a big draw. And the reality is on 10, nine, five with two clubs, a lot of those big draws have significant equity against my pocket queens. You know, hands like king, queen of clubs, queen, jack of clubs, king, jack of clubs, even ace, queen of clubs, ace, five of clubs with bottom pair and the nut flush draw, etc. In fact, after this hand, I ran it through uh, just a poker equity solver. I put my hand in and then I put in this flop and I gave this guy a range of about those hands, right? These good made hands with the sets and top two pairs and then a bunch of the flush draws, some nut flush draws like ace queen suited, ace jack suited, ace five suited, all, all these hands. And then the combo draws, seven, eight suited, these hands that have straight flush draws, etc. And pocket queens against them has 30% equity against this range. Only 30% equity. So I just let it go. And like when I'm playing well, it's no big deal. I just fold the fucking queens. Like wh- what's what's the point? And when I'm not playing well, I really get tied on to hands like this. I'm like, oh, I'm not folding pocket queens. And certainly from a theoretical perspective, you're you're really just not supposed to fold over pairs to check raises. And normally I wouldn't. But like I said, in this formation, the fact that he had cold called out of the big blind. So he's not doing this with like bullshit hands. And he chooses to check raise into a field of four players. You know, it's just like this. This just isn't a bluff. Like it's either a huge draw or it's a made hand. And my pocket queen just isn't doing well against that range of hands. So uh, I'm not tied onto it. I just fold it. The epilogue to the story is I actually played the next day and sat down right next to him. I sit down right next to him and it, me and him are super friendly. And, and that's why I showed him what I folded. You know, usually I wouldn't do that. Uh, I don't want anybody taking advantage of me. Like I think it's generally bad to show big folds because that'll encourage people to bluff you in the future. And you don't really want that. But I'm super friendly with this guy. I sit down, start chatting with him, and and he he brings up the hand. He goes, "Dude, I still can't believe you folded that hand yesterday." And I was like, "Well, man, it was a good play by you. Like you had a big draw, and you got me off." And he's like, uh, "I lied to you, man. I didn't have a big draw. I had a set of nines." And I'm like, "You lied to me." And he's like, "Yeah, man. I was just so fucking butthurt that you folded this hand. I didn't want to like give you the pleasure of letting you know that you you made a good fold." So he, he seemed very honest in, in this second part here. And it feels good just to throw away that hand. You know what I mean? Like I said, when I'm playing well, it's no big deal. You just throw the hand away and move on to the next one. And, you know, if you're like running bad or you're stuck, you're like, fuck, I'm not folding this hand. Like, no way. And then you just get shown the nuts like the guy was representing. So 
Good fold by me. Very proud of this one. Just not to get married onto the hand. I'm proud of myself. Obama putting a medal on himself. Dot me. All right, that's hand two. But you guys know how I do it. If I ever screw up on not putting out a, an episode every week and you know I missed last week, I'm going to give you guys some bonus content. Stay tuned for that. All right, hand three, throw me a freaking bonus hand here. We're playing two, three, five at the California Grand Casino, and your hero looks down at ace king offsuit with the ace of clubs under the gun. I open a 20. I get three callers, two recreational players directly to my left call my 20, and then this OMC regular in the cutoff also calls the 20. And this guy is just your classic, classic OMC. Like he plays very straightforwardly. Never puts in a lot of money without the nuts or at least close to it. You know the type. So the flop comes 9-6-5 with two clubs. I have ace-king offsuit with the ace of clubs. And I just check. This is not my board. It's not my board. It is much more likely to hit the field. If you're c-betting this board with your ace-kings in multi-way scenarios, I think you should reconsider and uh, do a lot of checking. Right, This is just not a board that's going to hit your range very hard. It's going to hit the caller's ranges really hard. It's just not a good spot. It's okay to like not c-bet all the time. And it's okay to just check fold and give up when it's not your board. This one isn't. I check it. Both the players to my left check and the OMC checks. So we get a free turn. That's pretty cool. And the turn binks us super hard. It's the king of clubs. So 9-6-5 on the flop with two clubs. Then the king of clubs on the turn, we go from check folding to hitting top pair, top kicker, and the nut flush draw. So there is about 80 bucks in the pot, and I'm thinking about what I want to do. Do I want to bet? And if so, how much? And yada, yada. But the guy to my left just bets right out. He didn't like know I was in the hand or whatever. Uh, He bets out of turn. He bets 45. And the dealer's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you know, he says, what do you want to do? And I'm like, okay, well, I'll check, right? I'll check and see what these guys do. So the guy to my left, his $45 bet stands. And then the guy to his left calls the 45. Now it gets to the OMC in the cutoff and he thinks about it and he click raises up to 120 and it gets back to me. What the fuck just happened? I have a monster, right? Top pair, top kicker, nut flush draw. So I start thinking about what the OMC could have. And I think it's very unlikely that he has two pair or a set. The reason I don't think he's got a set is because I think he bets the sets on the flop, right? Nine, six, five with two clubs. If he has a set of nine, sixes, fives, whatever, he's betting. He's not going to check back closing the action. The reason I don't think he's got two pairs because like what two pair would he have? You know what I mean? The king came. So he's got king nine suited. That doesn't really make sense. I feel like he would have bet his nine on the flop as well. Uh, Six five is the only other hand that he might have that's two pair. That would have bet the flop also. And any two pair that occurs with the king I help block it because I have a king in my hand. So I just think it's super unlikely that he's got those hands. It's also very unlikely that he's semi-bluffing with the ace of clubs. Not that I think he would be doing that anyway, but 
I have the ace of clubs, so that's out. And I'm just like, shit. So I, I don't think he's got those hands. I think this is almost always a flush that he checked back his flush draw on the flop and hit it on the turn. So obviously I have three options, call, fold, or raise. I can't say I love calling because when I call, certainly I have top pair, top kicker, and that's great. But based on the actions of these players, that hand is no good. I'm not drawing to anything, right? The the only real hand that I'm drawing to is my nut flush. But the issue with drawing to the nut flush here is that if a fourth club comes on the turn, everybody can see it's a fucking fourth club. You know what I mean? Like nobody's going to be like, oh, I can't believe you had the club. Like, obviously, it's a whole different situation than if there's two clubs and you have two clubs in your hand and then the third one comes on the river. You guess you get less credit for it that way. But, you know, when when there's three on board already and you're hoping for a fourth, it's like, yo, it's pretty hard to get value especially when you have the nuts and then the second nut is is on the board. It's just like not a great situation. You don't get paid off that much, especially by this OMC. The other issue is my pot odds. After the bet of 45, the call of 45, and now the raise to 120, it's 120 to me to win a pot of 290. I'm getting less than three to one. But it's almost four to one for me to hit the flush on the river. And even more so, if I have this guy's hand range correctly, and he's got a flush a large majority of the time, it's actually quite a bit worse than that because those are two clubs in his hand that I can't hit on the river. So I'm actually getting quite a bit less than four to one, and the pot's laying me worse than three to one. So I'm not really getting odds to call. Like I'd have to be able to call and have some implied odds left behind. But like I said, it's pretty hard to make a lot of money when there's four of the suit out there. So obviously I can fold, but the other thing I start thinking is I could raise. I could raise representing the nut flush. And this OMC might fold worse worse flushes to me. Because I hold the ace of clubs, he can't have the nut flush. And it just looks so, so strong to check raise over all these players, especially when I have the nut blocker. So I think about that for a little bit. But in the end, I just kind of decide, nah, that seems a little too out there. I'm trying to bluff this guy off a super strong hand. And you guys know my theory of bluffing. I'm not generally trying to get people off super strong hands. I'm trying to get people off marginal hands. It's not a real strong business model to be trying to bluff people off really strong hands. So I don't love call and I don't love raise. And that just leaves fold. And it feels so fucking wild to fold top pair, top kicker, and the nut flush draw. But again, in this specific situation, considering the uh, the opponents and, and the fact that I know this guy's an OMC, I just decide to fold the hand. And I hate myself for it. I like kind of like fold my hand in disgust and like stand up. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I folded that. But the good news is I get to watch the hand play out. So both of the yokels to my left end up calling the guy's 120 raise, and then the river blanks. It's a red three. So they both check to the guy, the the OMC on the river. The OMC now bets 150, and they actually both call the 150, and the OMC turns over queen 10 of clubs for the turn flush, the second nut flush, and he scoops the pot. One of the other guys shows pocket nines, which is really weird. The guy like checked set of nines on the flop. And I don't, I don't know why he did that. Uh, it was wild, but I guess he ended up saving himself some money 
as it ran out. But uh, this was a good fold. And I think it's really easy. This is one of those situations where it's like, dude, I have such a strong hand. I banked the turn, top pair, top kicker, nut flush draw. Like, yeah, I mean, how do you fold that? When I really like logically thought about it and what these guys had specifically what the OMC had, nothing else besides a fold really made that much sense. And I folded the hand and I was right in the situation. So congratulations to me. We get a third Obama putting a medal on himself meme. Hot damn. But you guys know I'm not going to end the podcast like that. We have to do a hand that I screwed up. And hand four is definitely a hand that I screwed up. So we're doing a second bonus hand. Stay tuned for that. All right, hand four, our second bonus hand, last hand of the podcast. We are playing two, three, five at the California Grand Casino. A tight player opens from under the gun plus one to 25. And I'm in middle position with pocket nines. I think sometimes this can be a three bet. It plays fine as a flat as well because it's it, it plays good multi-way. This time I decide to just call because I don't want to re-raise a tight player opening in early position. So I call... And then the big blind, who's a good regular, who's been very aggressive. He's been stealing a ton of pots post-flop when this mostly passive table has been showing weakness. He also calls. So we go three ways to the flop, 75 in the pot, and we flop a set, my friends. Queen, nine, eight, rainbow. The big blind checks, and the under-the-gun razor checks as well. And it gets to me, and I decide to be a little fancy, like... Almost always I would bet here for value because it's a pretty wet board on queen nine, eight. There's a lot of turn cards that can come that I don't like specifically tens and jacks. But in this specific instance, I really wanted to take advantage of the fact that the big blind, the aggressive regular had really been stealing a lot of pots post flop when people had shown weakness. And I'm like, yo, baby, we're setting the trap. So I do set the trap and I decide to check back. The turn comes in offsuit six. So queen nine, eight rainbow and an offsuit six and the big blind does his duty just like I knew he was going to do. And he bets 50 into 75, the original razor folds and it gets to me and I'm trapping baby. It is getting set. This guy is fucked. I call the 50. Now I could absolutely raise here, but I really want to give him one more shot at stealing the pot on the river. And when he bets, I'm going to raise his ass. And the river comes a great card. It comes an offsuit ace. So queen nine, eight on the flop. I have pocket nines, flop middle set. Then an offsuit six on the river and then an ace. Sorry, an offsuit six on the turn and then an ace on the river. He now bets 100 into 175. And I raise for value. I raise to 265. And now he thinks about it for a while. He goes deep into the tank and I'm like, call baby, call. But he doesn't call. He jams. He jams for 600 effective over my raise of 265. I was not expecting that. Like I raise the river to get value from hands like two pair, like, you know, aces up or even a set of eights. But when he re-jams, there's really only one hand he can be doing this with for value. It's jack 10. It's the flop straight. Or maybe five, seven suited. That made a straight, right? It came queen, nine, eight, six. But those are the only hands he's really doing that for value with. The problem is it's only 335 left for me to call after this raise. I'm getting extremely good odds. The problem is 
this really should never be a bluff. Like he shouldn't expect me to fold hardly ever, but it just doesn't seem like he'd be reshoving three betting the river with any hand worse than a straight for value because I can have the straights, right? It would be kind of suicide-ish to do that with a set, but I'm just like, dude, did this guy really flop the nuts straight against my middle set? Or could he possibly be overvaluing a hand like a set eight or using a hand like queen jack or king 10 with blockers to the straight as a bluff? I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, I knew he probably had it, but it was just like I was getting too late, too good of a price. This guy had really been aggressive stealing pots. So I make the call and the dude shows me jack 10 for the flop straight. And he uh, takes a bunch of my money. So I played this hand pretty, pretty bad, you guys. Pretty bad. I think that checking the flop here is, it's a little overly fancy. And when I do check the flop, I should be raising the turn. But I don't do that. I go full trap. And what that allowed me to do is get away from this hand when the guy reshoved. But he reshoved the river. Nobody's ever bluffing here. When in live poker, especially at a 2-5 game, have you ever seen anybody three-bet the river all in without the stone nuts? It just doesn't happen. The fact that this guy was aggressive and he'd been stealing some pots post-flop against weakness, that's one thing. Three-betting all in on the river, that's another. And I kind of conflated those things and I was like, oh, this guy's aggressive. I'm getting a good price, I should call. But it's just never a bluff. This is a spot where it's never a bluff and you can fold a big hand. I was able to in the first three hands, and I'm proud of myself for that, but I didn't do it here, and I totally fucked this hand up three ways from Sunday. I need to be fired into the goddamn sun for this hand. I played this hand so fucking bad and uh, lost a bunch of money for it. I mean, Jesus H. Christ, Sammy. It sucks. It, It sucks to be bad at poker sometimes, I'll tell you guys, but you know we weren't getting out of this podcast without a hand that I didn't screw up royally. And I did it here. Fuck me. (laughs) All right. As always, please rate and review the podcast. Really appreciate it if you did. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Sammy Reed FI. We're going to end it there. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Until next week, my friends, play good and run pure.